Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to Rick's Mix. On this episode, uh, we have a nice special travel uh, episode for you. Um, for those who don't know me, uh, I have spent many, many years in Europe. I came to Europe in 1998 as a soldier. Uh, I've been here almost continually since then, with the exception of a two-year stint in South Carolina and a two-year stint in Korea. Other than that, uh, I have been in Germany and Italy the entire time. Uh, so, I don't know, something probably 20 years or so here in Europe. Um, most of the time in Italy, 15 years. But during that time, I did a lot of traveling. Traveled all over Western Europe. Didn't get to see too much of Eastern Europe. Um, but I thought it might be fun to go over uh, some of what I consider the best and worst of Europe uh, in various categories. Um, this is kind of a, uh, a continuation takeoff of, of uh, something that I put on my website, Best and Worst in Europe. I've just kind of updated it because my website's old. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. So for those of you who have been in Europe a long time, I'm sure you'll probably agree or disagree with some of these. Um, if so, hey, feel free to hit me up. Maybe we'll have you on and you can give your own. Uh, so to help me in this task, I have invited Mr. Maximus Amadeus Thibodeau and Mr. and Mr. Luca Cristiano Thibodeau. Now you can say hello. Hello. Thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate your help again. We're going to have fun with this. What do you say? Mm-hmm. And feel free to chime in if you guys, uh, you guys have lived in Europe quite a quite a long time as well. So feel free to chime in if you have differing opinions or agree with something for me on here. So let's just do it like we did with the, uh, the the New England one we did the other night. You guys can take turns reading the category, and I will give my choices. So who's going to start? <clears throat> um, I'll go first. Okay, Luke, Max, you go first. First category. What is the best city in Europe? Okay, so let's see. Once upon a time, I would have taken Rome, hands down. Uh, but I have to be honest. I, for me, it's kind of a tie, I think, between Rome and Venice. Um, obviously, my love of Italy is well-known, well-chronicled. Uh, Rome is just such a huge city and possibly the most historic city in the world. I mean, who who's not interested in, you know, like the history of the Roman Empire and stuff like that. The history of, of Rome was like the history of Europe, pretty much. Um, there's no shortage of things to see and do in Rome. And no matter what you like, whether you're going there just to do some sightseeing, to do some historical reflections and studying, um, or whether you're just going there to relax and just kind of unwind, or whether you're going there to just sample the nightlife. Rome, Rome's got it all, man. They don't call it the eternal city for nothing. Um, I've been there maybe oh, probably over a dozen times, and every time... Every time, it's just something new. You know, I discover something new, some little nook and cranny that I, I'd never seen before. Uh, Venice, you know, we, where we lived in Vicenza, Venice was less than an hour away, and it was my, my, my spot, my hangout spot. I'd go there all the time. You know, it'd be a weekend, I'd nothing to do. But I'd go to Venice, you know. Um, sometimes stay overnight, sometimes just go for the day. But I, I've probably been to Venice more than any other city in the world. I, I would estimate I've been to Venice probably well over 100 times. Got to know the city really well, got some friends there. Um, Venice is just, it's just really unique. I don't know what, what you can say about it. So I would say probably it's a tie between Rome and Venice for my favorite cities in Europe. Luca? Okay, what is the worst city in Europe? <clears throat> oh boy, so it's really hard to pick the worst city. I haven't really been to a lot of cities that I hated. Um, but I, in this category, I, I, I would probably pick Cologne in Germany. Uh, really not nothing wrong with it. I just didn't really find a whole lot there to see or do. 
I mean, the cathedral is, is worth the trip there just by itself. Don't get me wrong. I mean, don't let me dissuade you from going to Cologne. It's worth going there just to explore the, 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 the Dom, I think it's called, which is the big, huge cathedral, one of the biggest in the world. That's magnificent. But, you know, it's like other than that, you spend a couple hours on that. Other than that, I don't really hold out to see or do. Um, there's the famous 4711 house where perfume, or as they call it, eau de toilette, was invented. Um, they have like a little museum there. That was kind of dry and boring. Um, didn't really, just didn't really care. Didn't really care for it. Didn't really care for Cologne. Um, <clears throat> question three. What is the best country in Europe? Oh, Italy, hands down. I mean, <laughs> this is obviously not a surprise to anybody who knows me. Italy is my country, man. The, Italy has it all. The people, the passion, the culture, the history, the arts, the food, the wine, the coffee, the scenery, the beaches, the mountains, the weather, the traditions, the language. I could I could truly go on and on and on, but yeah, Italy's got it all. There is no country for me that even comes close to Italy in the world, not, not to mention Europe. What is the worst country? I uh, don't have one, uh, to be honest with you. I've never found a single country in Europe anywhere I've traveled that I didn't like. I mean, there were some that were, you know, a little bit less than I didn't enjoy quite as much, but never found a country in Europe that I did not like, so I don't have an answer in this category. Have you been to Turkey? I have not been to Turkey. Turkey. I would like to go. No hate against Turkey, though. What's that? No hate against Turkey. No, no hate, no hate against Turkey. Uh, Turkey looks like a gorgeous country. I've always wanted to go. Just never really had a chance. Oh, Okay, um, number five, the best tourist attraction. So for my money, uh, I've always thought my the best or my favorite tourist attraction in all of Europe, all the places I've gone. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna name two of them actually, two of my favorites. The best overall, the best for me, the Vatican Museum, hands down. You literally could spend all day walking through the halls, and still not take it all in. And I think if I remember right, I've been there a few times. There's different like paths you can take, all all of which lead to the Sistine Chapel, and the walls and the ceilings and everything as you go by are just adorned with the most beautiful works of art. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just I love the the Vatican Museum. There's just there's a lot of history there. Um, but uh, I'm gonna say an honorable mention, at least for me personally, is the Checkpoint Charlie Museum in Berlin. Uh, I am a history buff, and I love World War II history. It's part of the reason I love being in Germany. And uh, the Checkpoint Charlie Museum is, is like right on the, it's like, it was kind of like ground zero of the Cold War. And uh, since the wall came down, they have a museum there now where you go in and you can, it, it has a whole history of like the Berlin Wall. And then it has like, it has videos, it has pictures of like all of the escape attempts, some of which worked, some of which didn't. But it's just fascinating to see like the lengths that people would go to just to, just to get to escape Berlin and then to get over to the West um, I'll, maybe I'll expound in a future podcast. We'll talk about some of that stuff. But yeah, the Checkpoint Charlie Museum, man, I, I, I literally could spend like hours and hours, and I have. I, I mean, I, I can't get enough of that stuff. I just find it fascinating. So, Could you tell us about one of the successful escapes? Um, <clears throat> so one of the more clever ones was um, they, it was a, it was a guy or two guys, I forget which. Uh, they went, they would, every day they would go out to like the, I don't know what you call it, like the, like the dump or the, the scrap heap, the junk, whatever, where people th throw out scrap metal and stuff like that. And they gathered all these little pieces, and they were able to somehow fashion like a makeshift rudimentary like scuba gear. 
And they literally used it to, to, I think they used it to escape via the river that goes, that connects uh, east and west Berlin. And they actually have, have the, they actually have the actual scuba gear hanging in the museum. You can kind of see it. I got a picture of it. It's really cool. That's one of the more clever ones. So let's move on. All right. What is the worst tourist attraction in Europe? For my money, it's easily the, the gondola rides in Venice. I get it. You go to Venice, you have to do it. You know, I get it. I, I don't fault anybody for doing it. I don't criti criticize anybody for doing it. Um, but it's just so outrageously overpriced and short-lived. Let me tell you a story about the first time I did a gondola ride. It was actually my first trip to Venice. Uh, I went with a girl that I was sort of dating and um, another couple that was visiting us. So there were four of us. And the girl that I was sort of dating, her name was uh, Beatrice. She she was she was Hispanic, uh, so but she had been in Italy a while. She spoke Italian pretty decent. So she talked to the gondola guy and kind of negotiated a, a good price. You can't really negotiate; it's kind of a set price. But at the time, it was lira. So this is before the euro. So and what she negotiated with is that um, he would sing to us while he you know while he did the gondola because we wanted the full we wanted the full full uh, full money. Um, so basically here in a nutshell, here's what happened. We paid 120,000 lira, which at the time was about $60 American. And when we did it, we thought, okay, well, 60 bucks will split four ways. That's only $15. So now let's do it. So he says the ride will be an hour. It was about 45 minutes. He takes us out from a little canal into the grand canal. And then he takes us back. And I remember when I stepped off the gondola thinking to myself, that's it. I cannot believe that I just paid $15 for that. Okay, and now consider that if you go do it now, you, you won't get a ride for less than like 80 or 90 euros, which is, you know, almost $100. So, you know, I get it. You want to do it, and I'm glad people do it because it, 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 it means, you know, they make for great uh, photo photo opportunities, take wonderful pictures of people riding around the gondolas. But I, the, after that first time, I never did it again. I never even was tempted to do it again. So, yeah, for me, easily the gondola rides of Venice, worst tourist attraction in all of Europe. Um, now, where is the best coffee you've ever had? In Europe, the best coffee, uh, easily Italy. I'm, I, you know, again, 15 years down there, I'm, I'm an espresso guy now. Um, before I came to Europe, I was a Dunkin' Donuts, large, extra light with uh, extra sugar. Um, after so many years in Italy, uh, I'll drink my espresso and I take it black. So, anywhere in Italy, you're going to get a great espresso. What is the worst coffee? I would say any military base in Europe. Either that or Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks is Starbucks wasn't here, I don't think, when I first came to Europe. Uh, but now they're springing up everywhere. They even opened a couple of them in Italy recently, which we never thought would happen. Uh, so I, I could easily say Starbucks because I, I just hate Starbucks. But I would say any military base in Europe, worst coffee. Worst coffee in Europe. What is the best food you've ever had in Europe? So the city with the best food, I would probably say Rome, believe it or not. Um, as I mentioned, you know, people like, well, I know people have been to Rome and they had some really bad food, but that's because Rome has so many tourists and they go to the, they go eat at the tourist places. But, you know, if you know your way around the city pretty well and you can find some out-of-the-way restaurants, um, oh, the food is just, I, no matter how much or little I spend in Rome, I never had a bad meal. Everything I had was phenomenal. Um, I will say one recommendation I would make if anybody's going to Rome and you want a good place to eat, 
my personal recommendation. Um, there's a little trattoria uh, very close to the Vatican called uh, Vito Edina. So if you can find that place, um, uh, Vito worked in, in the U.S. for a few years, so he speaks really good English and loves Americans, loves kids, as all Italians do. Um, food is phenomenal. Uh, we ate there twice and just had both times. Just great, great food. So, yeah, for my money, it's Rome. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions, like some other places? <clears throat> Let's see. Um, you know, I can't. Portugal, the food in Portugal I actually really liked because there's a lot of fish, and I love fish. Uh, and Portugal also, like if, if anyone's ever had uh, Brazilian barbecue, it's amazing. They bring these long skewers just full of meat and they're hanging on this like skewer rack with a big huge bed of french fries underneath and like the juices from the meat is just dripping down on the french fries um so yeah I, the food in portugal is pretty freaking good and, and also not too expensive either portugal is actually relatively one of the cheaper countries in western europe um well yeah i'd give portugal a, a, an honorable mention for sure worst food uh, I'd say there's no such thing. If you can't like the quality and variety of food in Europe, then you, you don't need to be here. Just just go to McDonald's. Next. Um, what is the best seafood? Best seafood again? It's got to be Italy. I mean, it's a peninsula. Um, absolutely best seafood I've had in Europe is is definitely uh, in Italy. And for my money, I, the best seafood in Italy is on the west coast, which would be the left coast, um, like around the Ligurian Sea, the Amalfi Coast, down around that area, Cinque Terre, for anyone who's been there. I mean, it's just all fresh fresh fish pulled from the sea. The the, the east coast, or, or which would be the right coast, um, that borders uh, the Adriatic Sea. And the Adriatic Sea is kind of kind of dirty you know it's kind of closed off so it's not like the azure blue water and, mo and a lot of it like you see on the on the other on the other coast particularly as you go further north i'll tell you a funny story about that so i remember um <clears throat> when i first got to europe to italy in 2000 and you go through head start on base which is where you get like a you learn a little bit about you know a few words of the language you know a little bit about how the country works how to take the trains whatever and they usually have like so in italy they have an older uh, italian woman uh, who kind of comes in and kind of teaches you or whatever and this woman I can't remember her name But she was she must have been about 80 years old a little small woman. She was so so adorable and one of the kids in the class uh, was asked her um, Is there are there sharks in the Adriatic and the Adriatic is where Venice is she are there sharks in the Adriatic and I never forget She said with her Italian accent. She said uh, No, there are no fish in the Adriatic. Uh, we ate them all and uh, I just always stuck with me. I cracked up even to this day when I think about it. I laugh, but um, but that's kind of how the how the Adriatic is. Now it's not, obviously not fished out, but I just think the best seafood's on the on the on the west coast. Uh, Cinque Terre is probably some of the best seafood I've ever had, especially if you go up to Il Castello, the restaurant up in the castle. Um, Genova, I mean Rome's not too far from the coast. Napoli, I had some wonderful seafood there. Um, yeah, seafood, fish and seafood, my favorite food in the world. So another reason I love Italy so much. So best wine. Oh, this is an easy one. So my favorite wine in the world uh, comes from the the uh, the Toscana or Tuscany region of Italy, uh, and it's called Brunello di Montalcino. And I think anybody who's had a Brunello probably would agree with me. Um, it's not a cheap wine, but it is a phenomenal wine. It's a relatively new wine. I don't think it has the history that a Chianti does. Um, 
but you, you really can't go wrong with pretty much most red wines you drink in Italy. But Brunello di Montalcino, for my money, absolute, absolute best wine in the world. I've actually, believe it or not, I have never had a, I've never pulled a bad one. Never pulled a bad one. I, I really like Barolo. Barolo is fantastic. Um, they call it the wine of kings and the king of wines because it was the official wine of the last monarchy um, of the of Italy. Uh, and Barolo absolutely is fantastic, but I have actually pulled a couple bad Barolos, but never pulled a bad Brunello. You can't go wrong with a good Brunello. So, Brunello di Montalcino, absolutely. Best castle? Uh, there's so many of them. Um, and, of course, most of them are in Germany. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys an interesting little tidbit that you might find it, you might find uh, fascinating. Did you know that there are more castles in Germany than there are McDonald's restaurants in the United States? Really? Absolutely. There's over 2,000 castles in Germany, and I think there's there's actually less McDonald's in the United States. You wouldn't you wouldn't I think like that McDonald's would you? Po- I thought that New York's population was McDonald's. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's 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 a true story. You can look it up. And by a long shot, too. Actually, it's not even close. Uh, anyway, uh, best castle in Europe. I, I would probably pick New Schwanstein. I know it's kind of cliche. That's you know, it's the most famous one. It, that's the one that's known as the Sleeping Beauty Castle down on the, near the Austria border. It's the one that Walt Disney used as the model for his uh, for the Sleeping Beauty. No, the castle in Sleeping Beauty. That's why he gets that nickname from. Um, it, but you can't. You just can't deny the, the view of it from the outside. Is it's just spectacular. Now. We've, we've taken a tour of the inside once or twice, and it's it sucks. It sucks. It really does. If I go there, I'll let mommy or whoever else we're with go do the tour on the inside, and I'll just, there's a there's a like a, a hanging bridge kind of thing that if you go up on this trail, um, it actually goes up above the castle, and then you look down on it, you get some of the most spectacular views. And the views from that castle the outside, is, that's kind of like the cliche of what everybody thinks when they think of a castle, like a fairy tale castle, you know, because obviously they grew up in Walt Disney, so... Yeah, New Schwanstein Castle, for, for my money, is probably the best. What is the best bridge you've ever been to in Europe? <clears throat> best bridge. So I think I'm going to surprise some people here. There's a lot of famous bridges. Like the Probably the most famous would be like the Ponte Vecchio in Florence, which is okay. Um, it's just historic, but it's not scenic. Um, and then you get the Ponte Rialto, the Rialto Bridge in Venice. Uh, all the bridges in Venice really are beautiful. The Rialto is probably the nicest one. It's built in the Palladio, Palladio style. Um, but believe it or not, my favorite bridge in all of Europe that I've seen is the Alt Mainbrücke in Würzburg, Germany. Uh, the Alt Mainbrücke would be German for the Old Mine Bridge because it's over the Main River. Um, for anyone who's ever been to Würzburg, I'm sure you know this bridge. So what makes it special is it's it's I mean just the downtown Würzburg itself is just it's baroque, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. It's one of the most underrated cities I think in the world, definitely Europe. Um, and as you go look at this bridge, the, the, the bridge is lined on both sides with like these beautiful statues of old German saints. And then as you're walking across or as you look across the river, you got the hill across the river with that huge Marienburg fortress that's just overlooking everything like a, like a huge sentinel of the city. And you guys remember that, right? When we went up to that fortress just what, last year, remember? You guys had a blast up there. So yeah, the view of that is, uh, I mean, just just Google like Würzburg, Germany, and you and image search it. You'll probably find pictures of the bridge. So. What about the bridge in Heidelberg? Yeah, that's definitely up there. The one in Heidelberg, uh, the the Alt. That one's I think it's called the Altbrook or the Old Bridge. 
That one is definitely up there. Um, it, again, same thing. The bridge itself is is, is kind of unspectacular, but the views as you're crossing it, if you're coming from the other side of the river into the old the old town, um, with the castle ruins up there, that's definitely right up there. But I just happen to, for me personally, I just like the first first one the best. That's all. Um, best airport in Europe. For me, uh, I, I have to say Venice. Uh, I tell people all the time, the beauty of the Venice airport is, you know, Venice is, is, is just chock-a-block with tourists. People come from all over the world or whatever. Um, when I first got to Italy, I remember the Venice airport was like tiny, like tiny, tiny. It didn't even really have hardly any parking. And then uh, like my, my second year there, they did a huge upgrade to it and built a whole new terminal and everything. And everything. Um, but I think what makes it great is, number one, it's easy in and easy out. It's got a great drop-off section that you can easily pick up people that drop them off. It also has uh, what they call the Sosta Breve, which is the, the short-term parking. And this is, you can just, you, you park there and you, you pay a couple of euro, but it's like literally like right next to the entrance. So you don't got to walk miles to get into the terminal. Um, and it's, it's not a huge airport, so you can't get lost there. There's only two floors and it's just one terminal. And then uh, perhaps best of all, because it's Italy, you got a couple of um, really nice food places. There. You got like a little bar cafe that has your little paninis, Italian sandwiches, coffees, uh, brioches, like your pastries, stuff like that. And then they also have a, I don't know if it's still the Breck, or it used to be a restaurant called Breck, but it's like a self-serve restaurant that has all kinds of hot foods and sandwiches and stuff like that. So yeah, so if so if you go to pick someone up and their flight gets delayed, hey, grab a coffee, grab a glass of wine, well, unless you're driving, of course, and, uh, and just relax. So yeah, for me, best airport in Europe, Venice. What about the... <laughs> You're out of control, Max. What about the worst airport? <laughs> uh, this is another easy one for me. Absolutely, the Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. It's confusing. It's big. Um, the, every I think I've gone through two, maybe three times, and I think every time they've lost my luggage or I miss my connecting flight because they don't allow enough time. The Charles de Gaulle Airport. I've talked to so many people who have the same problem. It's horrible. I, I will pay more for my ticket. I will do anything I have to do to try to avoid the Charles de Gaulle Airport if I can. That's how bad it is. Horrible. Where is the airport located in? It's in Paris. Charles de Gaulle is in Paris. Patty. Best Irish pub. So, yeah, I, I made a living in Irish pubs in Europe. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know if I can really pick one of the best. I think probably a, just a sentimental favorite was uh, Waxy O'Connor's in London. It's got like five or six floors. We went there on uh, New Year's, New Year's, New Year's uh, 1999 uh, with my buddy Steve-O. You guys remember Uncle Steve-O. Um, we just had a blast, man. New Year's Eve there. It was packed. Like I said, there's like five or six floors. Guinness was just flowing like water. Um, surprisingly, Venice has, has, a, has a couple of really, really good Irish pubs that I spent a, little, a lot of time in over the years. You got the Fiddler's Elbow. Although I think they changed the name from the Fiddler's Elbow. I think now it's just the Irish Pub of Venice. Um, and then you get the Devil's Forest Irish Pub of Venice, another great one. And then there's the Innis Shark in Venice, which that's a little out of the way, but man, we've had a lot of fun in there over the years as well. Um, the Shamrock Irish Pub in Salzburg, Austria. I had a great night there, which I'll probably save for a future podcast. A funny uh, story where I traveled with my friend Rachel, at the, uh, not Rachel, um, Rebecca at the time. We... we we pretended we were married and we got free drinks. It's a whole long story, but um, so yeah, I don't know if I could really pick just one. And then also you got Flanagan's in uh, Geneva. I had a blast there. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't pick just one Irish pub, but those are some of my favorites out in Europe for sure. What is the most underrated city? Overrated. 
All right, so Max, first of all, don't yell like that because the microphone <laughs> gonna ruin my microphone, bro. All right, so most overrated city for me, and this is a very unpopular choice. I, people argue with me, they get angry with me, people get emotional when I tell them this. For my money, the most overrated city in Europe is is Bruges, Belgium. People love it. I, I get it. I it's a I know they it's it's like it's like a kind of a preserved medieval city, whatever, but. The reason I say it's overrated is I, I'd heard for, God, like two or three years straight, even before I came to Europe, my brother and other people that have been to Europe and went there just raved about it like it was the, like it was the, like the, like the most beautiful city they've ever been to in the world. Uh, and so I happened to be up in Belgium visiting a friend, and so we took a trip to Bruges with a, a bunch of us that were uh, working at the EU, and one of them was actually a Bruges uh, native. So he showed us around and everything, and I just wasn't impressed by it. I, I, I just didn't really get what everybody's. Yeah, it's cute. It's got some nice views of the of the canals and everything else. Um, a, a great beer, Bruges. The Bruges Triple is one of my favorite beers I've ever had. But the city itself, just extremely unimpressed. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, Anyone who loves it, hey, fine. More power to you. To each his own. Live and let live. But for me, I just found it extremely overrated. So, most underrated cities in Europe. Um, I I can't pick just one of these. There's a lot of them that I think are underrated. Obviously, Würzburg I think is one of the absolute most underrated underrated cities, not just Europe, possibly in the world. Um, I, Luxembourg City I've always found extremely underrated because people just think Luxembourg is this little you know tiny postage stamp company or country which it is um, but Luxembourg City is the hub of it and it's a pretty big city it's got like almost a million people it's like six seven hundred thousand people uh, it's it's got some real natural beauty it's got some World War II history the casemates which are like these caves that the people used to used to um, you know hide from the bombings in during World War II um, the, it's got some real sort of dramatic scenery of the old town, uh, where there's like cliffs and stuff like that. And surprisingly, really, really good nightlife. So I've been there a couple times and both times just had an absolute blast. So I, Luxembourg city is a very underrated, uh, Nuremberg here in Germany, <clears throat> excuse me, Nuremberg is, is underrated as well, just from a historical point of view. Um, there, Nuremberg is just chock full of world war II history and a lot of Nazi history as well, but most of it bad, but, um, if you go to Nuremberg, just the what they call the Altstadt, the old town, is is like what used to be within the old walls. That you could walk, you can walk and explore the whole place on foot. And there's a lot of cool stuff to see. A castle, you got Albrecht Durer's house, stuff like that. Some really good uh, Irish pubs in there, and uh, pretty good decent light, nightlife. And a little another city I'll mention is underrated because I only say it's underrated because it seems like everybody bags on it a lot of people they, they criticize it and I don't know why because I, I think it's one of my favorite cities I've been to and that's Brussels I think Brussels is beautiful the Grand Place right in the middle of Brussels is one of the most jeez uh, immense and gorgeous uh, town squares that I've ever been in <clears throat> not only that it's the you know the city's the home of the EU so it's extremely international and it's just a great diversity of food and stuff like that so yeah, so that's what I would say for most underrated cities. Most expensive places. Most expensive place. Uh, so it's probably a tie between two. I don't remember which one is more expensive. One of them is the French Riviera. Uh, I took a trip to Nice. I've been to Nice a couple of times, and then I, when I go there, I always take the train up to uh, Monaco and Monte Carlo. And man, is that expensive. It's just expensive. Uh, and then also Switzerland. Switzerland is just everywhere you go. <clears throat> My goodness, it's. I remember we went there. We were visiting some friends, 
Um, there was one, two, three, four. There was four of us, I think. And uh, we ordered like some drinks and, and like a couple of brioche. There's only like two beers and like three uh, pastries or something like that. And it came to like $72 American. Um, so yeah, Switzerland and the French Riviera are absolutely the two most expensive places I've been to in Europe. Best nightlife. Best nightlife, I would probably say Berlin in Germany. There, I, there's, believe it or not, there are places in Berlin, there are clubs and stuff like that, open on Thursday, like Thursday night, and they don't close until Monday. They just go all weekend. It's insane. Um, Rome's, Rome's got some good nightlife as well, but it's, it's just really spread out and it's hard to enjoy because you got to have a car and then you can't drink. Oh, we got to take a cab everywhere and it get, gets expensive. Um, another honorable mention I would give for sure is the, uh, the Sachsenhausen in Frankfurt. If anybody's been there, they know that area. Um, it's the area across the river. It's kind of like the, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like a, just like an old school nightlife district. It's got all kinds of bars and clubs and pubs and, and stuff like that. And it's like old cobblestone streets. And, um, and if you're lucky, you might see the naked guy walking around there too, but that's a story for another time. Um, so yeah, there it is. What? What is the the best city, of scenic city? The the most scenic city, for me, and uh, people think I'm crazy when I say this. For me, I, I think it's probably Naples, Italy. Um, I, the people that have been to Naples are like, oh, Naples is filthy. It's I said, yeah, if you're in the city, yeah, it's you know, it's it's extremely dirty and everything else. But if you see Naples, like from way way far away, like from the outside, uh, it's 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 actually quite breathtaking it's got you know you got the city all just packed close together it's one of the most densely populated cities i've ever seen um but then you got it's right on the 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 gulf of naples so right on the water and then overlooking everything in the background is mount vesuvius just towering over everything and i just always thought it was just just so gorgeous to see um i'd probably give a i'd probably give a couple of honorable mentions i've always liked couple of places in Austria, Innsbruck. I always like Innsbruck. It's a cute little city. And Zurich, Switzerland, is gorgeous. If you're if you're facing it from the right angle, you go to where the, uh, I think it's the Zermatt River, goes into uh, Lake Zurich. And so you see the river going into the lake, and then in the background of the lake is the Swiss are just towering. Um, and it's it's an unbelievable view. Um, but I think for my mind, I just think Naples is my favorite. Again, that's probably the Italy in me. So... Ritziest city. <clears throat> so Ritziest absolutely has to be Monte Carlo in Monaco. Um, I've been there a couple times. I took took mommy there once. Took Virginia there. Um, I never forget the first time that I went there uh, before I was married. So I'm I'm standing. You go into Monaco right outside, like in front of the casino. The casino is what it's most famous for, and the casino is actually gorgeous. But you're standing like in the front, the little I don't know what you call a piazza or whatever, like where. You got the casino there, and then to the left of the casino is um, Café de Paris, and then to the right of the casino is a famous hotel called Hotel de Paris, and it's like where all the rich and famous go. And so you, you're sitting there, you look to the, you look to your left from the casino, you see the Hotel de Paris where people drink mimosas and pay like you know so much money for them, but the hotel, the Hotel de Paris, there's a lot of rich and famous people that stay there. And I remember the first time I was there, I you know I'm just backpacking around and so I'm. Standing off, and there's a whole, you know, just crowd of people just standing there. And I'm like, what's going on? So I'm kind of go over and I'm standing there. And every now and then, like, somebody would, the door would open, you know, the doorman would open the door and somebody would walk out, you know, with like a hat and sunglasses on or something. And everybody would be going crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And, 
I, I could understand enough French to understand that when someone was like, you know, who no like, who is that? They would say, oh, you know, it's like a famous actor or something like that. But I, you could never tell because they had the hats and the sunglasses and stuff like that. However, um, you kids never heard of her. But uh, when I was there, I did see Tori Spelling come out of the Hotel de Paris. So, yeah, I got a picture of it and everything. Saw her come out of the Hotel de Paris and saw her uh, get right into a little small blue car and so yeah, Tori Spelling, definitely a highlight. And uh, Monte Carlo, I mean, not nothing has even come close. Absolutely the richest and ritziest city I've ever seen in my life. Um, what is the craziest city in, Euro in Europe? Absolutely Amsterdam. Uh, I've, been, I've been a handful of times, um, and every time I go, something crazy happens. Um, that's probably be a, those stories are probably best kept for for a future podcast, but yeah, let's let's just suffice to say there have been some crazy ass things that have happened to me in Amsterdam that would never happen anywhere else. So I'm gonna go with Amsterdam on this. Most unique city. It has to be Venice. Venice is so unique. If you, anyone has ever been to Venice, you, you know it. It's just it's just a marvel. It's unlike any city I've ever seen in Europe or even in in, in the world, really. I mean, she's the. The superlatives heaped on Venice over the centuries just don't do it justice. It has to be seen and experienced to be believed. Um, it's getting so expensive lately that it's... Oh, excuse me. It's getting very hard to, to really truly enjoy. And I know a lot of people go and hate it. And I can understand why. Because, you know, if you just... You go there thinking you're going to see this beautiful Italian city. And then you go there and it's just chock-a-block with tourists. And it's, you know, especially if you go in summer and it's hot and humid. And the canals stink and they're giving off an odor and... And then you, you know, you, you make the mistake of eating in one of those tourist restaurants and you get a horrible meal for like a lot of money. Um, but for me, I guess because I've been there so many times uh, and I learned the city and I learned a little nooks and crannies and the back alleys and I've had friends there to, you know, recommend good restaurants and whatnot. Uh, and I know where to go and how to, what to, how to enjoy Venice. So it's just, for me, it's, I've never met, I've never seen or been in a more unique city than Venice. It truly is with the canals and everything else. Biggest surprise. So the biggest surprise in Europe for me was that, believe it or not, uh, I've been to Paris once. And when I went, the people there were actually very friendly. Um, much has been made over the years about how rude the French people are, especially in Paris. Uh, and I'm sure there are rude people, um, but you know, I, I could, I, I could speak like a few words of French when I went and I, everywhere I went, I tried to, tried to use my horrible French and the people just, you know, they appreciated it and they were welcoming and open and friendly and helpful and I, not what I expected. I expected everybody to just be extremely rude. Um, the only, the only time I saw them being rude to people is, you know, when they were like obnoxious tourists that were kind of being a little obnoxious or rude to them and then they would give it right back to them, but. Everyone I dealt with was extremely friendly. I was very, very surprised. Best beer country. Uh, so this is going to surprise a lot of people too. Um, for my money, Belgium is not only the best beer country in Europe, it's the best beer country in the world. Um, I just love Belgian beer. I know Germany is the popular choice, and the beer in Germany is, is very, very good. Uh, but just for the sheer variety and, and quality of the beer you get in Belgium, I love the Trappist beers are my favorite, like Trappist Roker for 10, probably my best beer I've ever, my favorite beer I've ever had after Guinness. Um, uh, but yeah, Belgium, absolutely. Belgium, best, best beer in Europe. Um, number two, honorable mention, goes to like UK and Ireland up there, all those wonderful ales and, and stouts and stuff like that. I can never get enough of those. 
best beer other than Guinness? I guess I just said it, didn't I? Uh, my favorite beer is Trappist Roker for 10. Um, I discovered it in my uh, one of my tours in Italy, I think. one of the lo- We had a local bar, Bar de Silvia, who used to get Belgian beers. Um, and she got this Trappist Roker for 10, and I tried it, and I was like, oh, my God. It, I mean, it's very strong. It's like a little over 11%, so it's a sipping beer. And it's got some sediment in it, so it's not one you're just going to chug. But, man, there's nothing more relaxing than just sitting sipping a nice Trappist Roker for 10. So, yeah, Trappist Roker for 10. Oh, I will I will say this, though. Uh, honorable mention, since I'm in Germany, a lot of people say, well, what about the German beer? Um, <clears throat> so, my favorite German beer is called Schneiderweiss. And it's brewed, it's a Bavarian brewery not too far from Munich, down in Bavaria. Uh, and... We I had a, I met we were in Luxembourg City one time me and my friend Steve and his wife at the time and we happened to meet this guy uh, a German guy who was studying to be a Meisterbrau uh, which is like a master brewer he's going to going to university for it and we asked him for recommendations like what do you think's the best German beer he said Schneiderweiss so when I finally had a chance to try it I did and oh absolutely to this day remains my absolute favorite German beer if I can get some I grab it worst beer. Worst beer, obviously a tie. Uh, I'm going to say, for in Germany, probably anywhere. I, I mean, there's a lot of countries in, in Europe that don't really have great beer. Um, in Germany, the worst beers are Bitburg, Warsteiner, and Bex. Um, my buddy Steve, who's kind of like my beer buddy, we refer to them as the German Budweiser's. They're just like mass-produced swill. Um, so it, here's, a, here's a tip I will give you for anybody who's listening. If you're in Europe, right, and, you, and the marketing slogan of, the, of a beer is, it's the best-selling beer in you know Germany or Belgium or whatever. That's not a good thing. If it's the best-selling beer in that country, it's because it's mass-produced and it's extremely cheap, and so the masses are buying it. So it's usually really shitty quality, as we call it, mass-produced swill. Um, the fun, I'll tell you a funny one is uh, one I didn't really care for was when I went to um, when I went to Belgium. Everywhere I went was all Stella Artois, Stella Artois, Stella Artois, and at the time it was kind of making a it was kind of becoming like a big fad beer in, in the United States. So I, I was talking, you know, beer with uh, my buddy Stain, who was a guy from Bruges, and we were talking about different beers. And so I said, well, what about Stella Artois? And he's like, eh. He said, I can't do his Belgian accent, but he says, Stella Artois is the best-selling beer in Belgium, but you will never find a Belgian who will admit that he drinks it. So, um, you know, what can I say? It's all marketing, I guess. So, yeah, those will probably be my picks for the worst beers. What's the worst country to drive in? Worst country to drive in for me is probably, of all the places I've driven in, I would probably say France, and I'll tell you why. So, in Italy, Italy's got some crazy drivers, no doubt. In, like, you know, Rome and Naples I've driven in. Worst, scariest places I've ever driven. I don't think I'll ever do that again. But So, when you go to, when you're in Italy, right, so in Germany they got the Autobahn, in Italy it's called the Autostrada. Um, so what you do is when you get on the Autostrada in Italy, you get a ticket, you get a little toll ticket, and then drive all over wherever you're going. And then when you get off the Autostrada, you get a ticket, and they look at how many kilometers you went in the Autostrada, and then you pay, and that's it. But one time. France, my God. We had a, we were driving up to Portugal one time, and so we had to drive all the way through France. As soon as we crossed the border from Italy into France, it's like, okay, there's a toll. You get a ticket, no problem. You drive like a kilometer, boom, there's a toll booth. You go and you pay like a euro. Okay, and then you drive like a few more kilometers, boom, another toll booth. They give you a ticket. Then you drive like five kilometers, boom. Okay, now you got to pay like, you know, three euro. Then you drive a few more kilometers, boom. Another, and it goes on like this. It's like every few kilometers there's a toll booth, and it's, it's like 
Jesus, just charge, just give me a ticket when I get on the highway and then make me pay when I get off. Don't make me stop every few kilometers just to pay some, you know, a few euros. It's, it's just insane. France is just crazy in the driving there. So I would also say another place that I actually don't enjoy driving, believe it or not, is Switzerland. I, it's not because of the views. The views are beautiful. But, man, that country is so strict. Um, and they got cameras everywhere. They got speed cameras everywhere. So when you're driving there, it's like, man, you, it's, you don't even realize it, but you're getting flashed like every few miles if you're not watching your speed there. So Switzerland's extremely dangerous. So, yeah, I, I would say France is the worst. I would say honorable mention of Switzerland. Germany is actually kind of nice uh, because, you know, obviously they have the Autobahn. But the beauty of the Autobahn is that there's no tolls. Every other country, the highway, you pay a huge toll. Like like I said, in Italy, when you, when you, you take a ticket when you get on, you pay when you get off. If you go on, like, if you're crossing through Austria, you have to buy this, uh, Austria and Switzerland, you have to buy this sticker that you put on your window. It's like a toll sticker. Um, and the one, so the one in Austria, you can actually buy, like, a like a 10-day sticker. So if you're only just crossing through or something like that, you can, you only have to pay, like, 10 euro or less. But Switzerland, even if you're just going through Switzerland once, you still got to pay, it's like, it's like 50 bucks or 50 euro for this sticker. It's good for a year. That's why they charge you so much for it. But it's like, well, what if I'm just crossing through once and I'm never going to go through again? You still got to pay it. So, and that's, that's, that's Europe for you. That's the way Europe is. So, um, I think that's all we have for the categories. So, um, I want to thank you guys for doing this with me. It was kind of fun look, looking back in my, my past 20 years or whatever, however many years I've been in Europe. Um, maybe sometime in the future I'll go through, maybe we'll add some more categories and maybe I'll update some of this because who knows how much longer we're going to be in Europe. And then maybe I'll solicit some ideas from you guys too. You were pretty quiet here. So, um, but again, thanks for doing with me guys. Uh, I appreciate it. And until the next podcast, this is Rick from Rick's Mix signing off. Bye. Say goodbye guys. Bye. Bye.